Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the Fish Tank Guy here, and welcome to episode number 17 of the Fish Tank Guy podcast. Today is August 29th, 2019. It's only been a fat two months since my last podcast. Sorry, everybody. Summer's brutal. But it's nearing an end, although I love the summer, right? It's just a lot. You got a lot going on there, you know? Pretty busy. We got family trips. You got taking care of the pool. You got cutting the grass. You got, you know, sweating like nobody's business. Like there is no tomorrow in the summer. Um, where I'm at in Erie, the summers are really nice usually. We had a pretty good year this year in terms of weather. We had some super hot weeks. We had like two or three like really, really hot weeks, which was kind of brutal. But um, other than that, it was... It was really nice weather this summer. Didn't have like a ton of rain. Other than that short heat wave, the temperature was really steady the rest of the summer. So it was, it was really nice. I can't complain. But uh, other than the fact that I can't do the podcast as much because I just don't have the time to sit down. And not to mention that people are just home all the time during the summer because the kids aren't in school, but they're old enough that they don't have to go to daycare every day. And, you know, my wife was taking half days here and there, working from home remotely. And if I was trying to do a podcast with people home, there's, it just wouldn't work. It would be a nightmare because I'd get interrupted and there'd be background noise and all this other stuff. So I don't subject you guys to that. So think of it as I did you guys a favor and spared you from listening to my terrible voice for a solid 30 minutes plus for two months. But here I am, and for those of you who are still listening, thank you for rejoining the podcast. Feel free to spread the word. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, at RealFishTankGuy in both places. Go ahead and give me a follow. Send me a message every now and then. Say, hey man, I really like the podcast, man. Or, hey man, your podcast sucks, man. Whatever you want to say. I'm cool with it. I'm one of those people that... You know, I'm old enough that I grew I didn't grow up with the internet and I see the internet for what it is. I I don't put so much stock in it. So if you've ever gone to my YouTube videos, you'll see that people have said various things about me, right? Not like really mean like go kill yourself or anything like that. Nothing like that, but like you know, they made fun of me for for different things and I just roll with it. You know, I don't take it personally. Right, all of these people, they have their own flaws and their own, you know, issues as well. And you know, if their idea of a of a good Saturday night is sitting behind their keyboard telling me that, you know, I'm a doofus or whatever, that more power to them. Right? I don't put too much stock in it. So yeah, hit me up on my social media sometime. Let me know how you're doing. If you have any questions about fish related stuff or video games or movies or anything. I'd be more than happy to answer them. So, all right, let's get into it here. Um, Can I give you guys a brief life update? Talk to you a little bit about my uh, summer vacation there with my family. Then uh, we're going to get into short video game talk. We've got five movie reviews in five minutes or less. I got a uh, fish of the week. And the fish tank topic this month is not necessarily going to be a research topic. It's just going to be something I discuss. And that would be uh, fish tank neglect, which is something that I've been experiencing lately. Um, So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about that because 
it's a very real thing and if you watch other youtubers you won't really see a whole lot of it because they're painting you the best picture of their tanks and i'm just gonna be real with you guys all right that's what the fish tank guy podcast is all about being real and fish and other things that are not related to fish so there you have it okay so uh let's see the uh, life updates the, yeah the, so this summer i got an opportunity to go on a family vacation we went for a week we went to philadelphia in new york city now some people might think that's not really a vacation that's you know sightseeing but sightseeing is a vacation kind of uh, i had been to both cities the kids had not been to either city and my wife had oh no guys oh man it's oh, i can't all right i'll get there we'll get through it we'll get through this um my wife had never been to new york city so thought that would be a really cool idea there's a lot of things to see in both uh, we ended up having a, a really good time we had a lot of fun we did encounter some super hot weather so in philly the one day it was a hundred and it was really humid and i think the real feel was like 105 or 107 so you know we drank a lot of uh, water that day and we sweat and you know i heard a lot of complaining and moaning about how hot it was and how sweaty everyone was and you know because that really is what makes vacation memorable it's really what makes it memorable doing all the planning you know spending all the money taking all the time and then just hearing the the wails and complaints of of how things are not going correctly right that's i think that's the that that's the more realistic view of how many vacations go uh but but aside from that day it was actually pretty good. Uh, I really love Philadelphia. We went to the Reading Terminal Market every day. If you've never been there, it's basically like a large indoor market where they have a lot of food vendors. They also have like small shops. They have bakeries. They have, I think they're like souvenir stores. You go there. We went there every day for breakfast. You get really good breakfast there. Um, some places are really reasonable. So uh, Reading Terminal Market, if you've never been to Philly, definitely hit that up. We did a lot of the, you know, main sightseeing things like Rocky. We went to the Rocky Steps. We went to the Eastern State Penitentiary. We did a tour of that, which is really cool, really historical type place to go. Uh, kind of creepy, right? But uh, really, really awesome. They have a great haunted house there that I've actually never been to. But people have told me that it's really great. And what else we do? We did the double-decker tour bus, so that took us around to everywhere. And I'm trying to think what else we did. Um, the one night I got to see my best friend and his family, we went out to eat with them and then hung out at his house for a while. I don't get to see him very often. So that was fun. And then after Philadelphia, we went to the six flags in New Jersey, which was great. That's a, a really awesome amusement park. They have cool rides there. They have great roller coasters. We had a lot of fun there too. So that was awesome. And, um, Oh, let me rewind it. Let me rewind a second for, um, going back to the rocky steps my wife is a huge rocky fan and actually to be honest with you i had never seen rocky until i was in my mid-20s which a lot of people would think is un-american maybe right but uh, never seen it never really had a whole lot of interest in it but she wanted me to see it and to be honest with you i'm not really a huge fan of rocky one and two uh, we're going through the rockies again with the kids but I would say that Rocky to me didn't really like it didn't really have much of an impact until I got to like Rocky 3. Like I think that Rocky 3 out of the first 3, Rocky 3 is my favorite. 
Let me explain to you why. Rocky 1 is a pretty good movie. Uh, Some of you may turn off the podcast when I say Rocky 1 is a pretty good movie. Some people think Rocky 1 is amazing. It's a classic. Well, here's my beef with Rocky. Rocky is supposed to be this everyday man, got like got hardworking guy, um, you know, not very smart, but wants to get ahead in life, pushes himself. Guys, I just, I just can't even, I can't even, guys. You're just gonna have to deal with the yawns, okay? Uh, so Rocky's this all American guy, wants to work hard, all that good stuff, right? Wants to become a fighter, a boxer, he trains. The best part of the Rocky movies, and my wife would agree, are the training scenes, right? You got the you got the classic music. Um, you got him running up the Rocky steps. He's always got one of those scenes where he's like running as fast as he can, and the camera's like panning along with him. It looks awesome, right? I lo- I actually love those scenes in movies. They do it a lot in Mission Impossible as well, when like Tom Cruise is running his full speed and the camera's panning along with it. It's just a really cool shot, right? So. That part of the Rocky movies, I'm good with, right? The realism, the guy next door, the likable character. He's kind of, kind of, he's kind of slow, right? The way he talks and everything. He's got that draw, whatever. He's kind of, you know, but he's a likable character. I like that part. My problem with Rocky one and two is the fights. That's my main problem with those movies, and I think. What I don't understand is the rest of the movie is very realistic in terms of like the way this guy is, the way he talks, the way he interacts with people, right? The way he trains, right? His goals and aspirations and different things are very realistic. And you get to the fights and they're super unrealistic. They're so unrealistic. Rocky, in both the first movies, Rocky walks into the into the fight. He just walks into getting his face beat in. He just constantly gets slugged away for like three or four minutes. He's, you know, his eyes all swollen up. He's bleeding all over the place. And the whole time I'm watching these movies, I'm going, dude, put your hands up. Just put your hands up once, one time, put your hands up. It just like, it just, I don't get it. And it like takes me out of it. It takes me out of it. It's like, and my and my wife goes like, well, that's because you know he's like a metaphor for getting beat down and like you know s- keep coming back. And, you know, one you fall, you get back up again, right? And I get it, right? But it's like he could be a little more smart about it. He could still get beat, right? He could still you know take a few hits to the face, but every now and then he could put his freaking hands up, right? It's just like basic boxing 101, dude. Put your freaking hands up, man. If you watch Rocky 2, go back and watch Rocky 2 again. When he when he fights Apollo Creed at the end of Rocky 2, uh, spoiler alert, maybe these movies are like 30 years old. Uh, he, when he fights Rocky or when he fights Apollo Creed at the end of Rocky 2, he literally walks up to Creed with his hands at his side and starts taking punches right to the face. It's just I don't get it. I don't get it. Rocky 3 turns it around for me. Because he actually has some technique. He tries to dodge punches. He tries to put his hands up every now and then. It's like, okay, I can buy into that. I can't buy into that other guy just taking swings in the face for 15 minutes. Dude, it's the craziest thing to me. I don't know. Anyway, people love the movie. That's fine. But I I don't get it. 
Rocky one and two, I think they're okay movies. I just, it's just those fight scenes take me out of it so much that it takes it out of classic category for me and it takes it down into good movie. I don't know. That's just where I'm at. Anyway, so we did that in Philly. Um, we went to New York City. Oh, man. I think I have this thing like when I talk out loud. I talk out loud. It just causes me to yawn. I don't know why. Um, New York City. Um, there, I'm sure there are people who love New York City, who want to live in New York City, who maybe live in New York City now. Uh, I'm one of those people who I, I really like New York City. I think it's a great place to visit. I always have a good time when I go there. I usually go there for three or four days at a time, and that's about all I need. I'm, I'm good. So it's like kind of by the time I, by the time I see the sights, you know, I get a feel for the city. You know, I ride the subway there. You know, I go down and I get a slice of pizza from Joe's. Right. Um, I'm ready to go, and that's just kind of the way I am with New York City. I, I could never live there. Definitely not. I like having a car too much. I like driving too much. But it's just a very interesting place. You know, people romanticize New York City. There are parts of it that are really nice. But it's it's just, it's very inconsistent, right? You know, if you want to take a nice romantic walk at night with your sweetheart there, right? You can start on one block. And it's a really enjoyable area. And you can still be walking in like a good place in New York City. And you know how, like, when you go on walks, you're supposed to, like, smell, like, the pine cones, right? In the, in the, in the lovely, you're supposed to smell the summer air, right? The moisture in the air, the humidity. You, you got this nice, right? It's a, it's a memorable experience. Well, in New York City, from block to block, it's going to be, you're either going to get that lovely, you know, oh, oh, man, this crisp, clean air, or you're going to get that nice, Nice hot smell of urine and garbage. <laughs> it's, it's just, it hits you. It, it, you know, nothing like just got hit in a wall of hot garbage and urine when you're walking with your sweetheart. <laughs> nothing like, nothing beats that. Nothing beats that, man. Uh, yeah, it's just really weird. Um, I mean, we did all the New Yorky things. We went to the Statue of Liberty, which was a bear. Um, it was super hot that day. I'm going to call this the Guy Who Yawns podcast. Um, Statue of Liberty was good. It was just super crowded. It was super hot that day. There was a lot of complaining to be had. Went through water very quickly. Uh, packed shoulder to shoulder with people. It was just that was that was probably one of the the low lights it, just because there were so many people there. Um, one of the highlights we took the New York City by night tour, which is roughly an hour and a half bus tour. And the really cool thing about it is at that point in the day, traffic is less, so the bus can actually just drive around. Whereas when you take the bus tour during the day, you're constantly stopping, constantly stopping because the traffic is always terrible there. No matter like, no matter where you're at, the traffic is always bad. Um, so like the night tour was really awesome. They took us across the bridge over to Brooklyn. And then, you know, as you're going across that bridge, you get an amazing view of the skyline at night. Um, with all the buildings lit up, and it was just really awesome. So if you ever go to New York City, I highly recommend 
taking the night bus tour. Definitely worth it. That's cool. Uh, we went down to One World Trade Center. I got to see the 9-11 Memorial, which was really, really humbling and um, a really, really cool sight to see. And it's hard to believe that like my kids weren't even alive when it happened, but it was like such a significant day in my life in terms of like what I was, I can go right back to when that happened and just remember thinking like, what is happening? You know, like it didn't, obviously it didn't impact me personally. Like I, you know, I didn't know anybody that was involved in it or uh, I didn't know anybody who passed away, but I mean, it was just a real significant memorable event, you know, in history, in my life. And it's just hard to think that my kids were like nine eleven. Oh, what's, I mean, we know a little bit about it, but not really. Right. Um, so it's, it's really, it was really interesting to go there and check that out. Um, uh, what else we do? We did the Empire State Building. We went all the way to the top, which was very cool. Um, we ate at a bunch of overpriced restaurants. That was uh, that was a good time. Um, I think we had a sixteen dollar uh, uh, pastrami sandwich, right around there. Yeah, yeah that was cool. So um, yeah, you spend a lot of money on food in New York City. That's for sure. And we actually stayed in New Jersey, didn't stay in New York City, one of the hotel room that you could actually walk around in and your bed wasn't butted up against both walls. So we did that and that ended up working out good. And, and oh man. The yawning man strikes again. So that was my that was my family vacation. It was pretty good. Hopefully you guys got an opportunity to go somewhere this summer to take a little trip, even if it wasn't for a week, even if it's just overnight or a day trip somewhere. Definitely got to take advantage of the summer, especially for those of us who live in the on the East Coast and especially in the Northeast part of the country. Got to take got to take in that summer because the snow is going to be coming soon. Hopefully not. We got still got a couple months of good weather before the snow flies, but oh yeah there. All right. So, there are the life updates. Um, what have I been gaming lately? Um, yeah, so I finished a game called Ukulele. I think I talked about it on the last podcast. Um, I finished it 100%, got all of the quills, all of the pages they're called, and I really enjoy the game. I think it took me a little over 15 hours to beat. It is a successor, spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie. I like the game. I thought the worlds were a little bit too big. It was closer to Banjo-Tooie than it was to Banjo-Kazooie. But Banjo-Tooie was so big and confusing that I really actually had a hard time just getting through it. So Ukulele, I enjoyed it enough to play the whole thing, get everything, and like 100% finish the game. I got it for like $10. So I would definitely recommend it if you're into 3D platformers. A very cool game. Um, Actually, last uh, two days ago, I just finished Halo 1. Uh, the anniversary edition in the Halo Master Collection. I had never beaten the Halo 1 campaign before, and I feel like it's a classic game. And since I'm a big gamer, I feel like I should have played it at some point. So I played Halo 1, and my thoughts on Halo 1 are that Halo 1 is bad. That's, those are, that's, in summary, Halo 1 is not good. It's bad. Um, I know a lot of people have a lot of fond memories of playing Halo when it first came out. And... I just, you know, f- for me, it's not, it's, I-, I didn't play it when I was younger. So I didn't experience the innovations and, you know, the evolutions of the first person shooter game through Halo. 
So I don't have that feeling about it. And when I play it now, it just plays like a repetitive, monotonous first-person shooter where you take a couple shots, you go back into cover, um, your gun reloads really slowly in the middle of battle. Like I'm used to playing Doom, right, where it's just this fast action, fast pace, like... That's like the new standard for like a um, a straight up FPS game is the newer version of Doom, right? And it's just like the Halo One, oh my gosh, campaign was a freaking slog. Like it was an hour a mission, basically ten missions, ten hours, maybe a little bit longer. And there were just times when I was just like yelling at the like at the screen, like "Come on, reload your freaking gun, man!" Like it, like I was just like getting super frustrated and I pushed myself to get through it, you know, just so like I've beaten Halo 1. I'm a gamer, you know, and I have played Halo 1 and despite hating it, I have at least given it the good old college try, right? So yeah, um Halo 1 it was it was not great. I didn't I didn't really enjoy it at all. Um I can't really recommend it to anybody. I mean, I'm sure if you liked it back in the day, that's that's good. Good for you. Um, and if you have fond memories of it, that's awesome too. I know that there are games that I love that I played when I was younger that might not hold up very well today, but because of who I was and, and where I was at in life and how old I was when I played them, I have these great memories and that will trump all of the shortcomings of the game now. And I understand that. So if you love Halo 1, that's cool. If you, I will say this though, if you've never played Halo 1, uh, definitely have super low expectations if for some reason you would go back and play it now that's all i have to say uh what else i've been playing i've been playing uh fortnite still still been going strong on fortnite season 10 now i started on season three um really enjoy playing it with my buddies season 10 they're kind of screwing up a little bit they took out all the mobility and it's not quite as fast-paced and fun as season nine in my opinion but we're still playing it we're still having a good time whatever and the next game that I'm playing currently for single player is Crash Team Racing. Uh, I think it's called Nitro Refueled. I have it on the Xbox One. It is the, you know, alternative kart racer to Mario Kart. And it's actually a really fun game. And it's really challenging. So if you like kart racer type, type games, I would definitely recommend it. But be prepared to put in, like, the practice and to work on courses and play them multiple times in order to get the first, you know, that first place place trophy, whatever it is, right. In order to progress through the game, you have to get first, right. To, to progress, progress through the game. It's not like Mario where you play four races and then you have a point total at the end. Nope. It's race by race by race by race. You have to get first before you proceed. So some of the races are pretty hard. I've beaten some of them on the first try. Others took me, you know, half dozen tries to get first place. Um, there were some that took more uh, just because they were really difficult. You got to get the power slides out. Okay, I'm, I'm going off into the weeds here. All right, move on, move on, move on. All right. Okay, so let's do our five movie reviews in five minutes or less. Um, it'll be five minutes or less today. I'm pretty sure. Where are we at here? We're coming in at uh, 23 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay, here we go. Uh, the first one is a movie called Hotel Mumbai. It's actually based on a true story. It's based on uh, a hotel over in India in the middle of a city where in well, Mumbai, probably. I can't remember, honestly. I watched it back in July. Um, where the city is under like terrorist, terrorist attack. 
and the hotel staff basically put their lives on the line in order to protect their guests. And it is based on a true story, and there is a lot of truth to it. Obviously, there's some glamorization there for a Hollywood movie, but uh, it's like the violence is kind of brutal. But the the character, I don't know how you say it. The the yeah, the character like the character the hotel staff shows to protect their guests is like really endearing. Um, and I thought it was a really good movie. I gave it a B plus. Um, the next movie is called the best of enemies. It has, um, Sam Rockwell and I can't remember, I can't remember the actress's name from the movie, but it is uh, essentially about, um, Sam Rockwell is a member of the KKK and this other woman, she's a black woman. They have to come together and be on this council to, you know, better education, um, better the education system for black students and, um, you know, kind of push things ahead for the civil rights movement. And it's really interesting because Sam, Rock Sam Rockwell is this KKK member and he's a prominent member in the KKK. And this is also based on a true story. And they show the people at the end of the movie in real life, which is really cool. But it's really interesting to watch him come into the situation with all of his prejudice and with all of his, you know, racism. And then over the course of the movie, he realizes that a lot of the things he believes in are, he, you know, he simply believes them because they've been told to him, not because he back, he's actually experienced it. He's been told all these negative things about, about black people and he feels all these negative things towards them, but he's never actually gotten the opportunity to get to know even one black person. And over the course of the movie, he does get to, you know, know more about the culture and the people. And he ends up becoming kind of a proponent for them. Spoiler alert, right? But it's a, it was a cool movie. I gave it an A. I really enjoyed it. Um, next one was Captain Marvel. Not going to say a lot about this. I gave it a C. I just thought it was okay. I think I'm kind of getting burned out on superhero movies. I thought um, Brie Larson, she was sort of like a a monotone type character. She didn't show a lot of personality. There were some funny parts, but it was kind of just like dumbed down, not dumbed down, like kind of muted, I guess I would say. It just, there, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It lacks something for me. I gave it a C. Uh, Toy Story 4, I actually saw in the theater with my family. I thought it was pretty good. I was hovering at like the B plus range, but I'll give it an A minus. The only reason I didn't give it an A is because it seems like it's just sort of a tack on. It didn't, you know, they didn't really need to make the movie. Um, I was a little disappointed at the ending. Ah, you know what? I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm still, I'm going to stick with the B plus because I was a little disappointed in the ending. Uh, but overall, it's a Toy Story movie. They put a lot of time and effort into them. Um, it was funny in parts. It was endearing. It was all the things you expect from Toy Story. So I would definitely recommend that to check out. Uh, gave Toy Story 4 a B plus. And last but not least is a movie called Serenity. Now this movie has Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway in it. Um, I read a lot of negative things. I actually had this movie queued up to watch for quite some time, but it had a relatively negative review score on IMDb. So every time I brought it up, you know, my wife was like, ah, and I was like, yeah, me too. I don't know. It doesn't have a great score. Like, I'm interested in it, but I think it's going to be bad. So, well, anyway, Gary Whitta, who is the, the guy who wrote Star Wars Rogue One and Book of Eli, and then he does comic books 
excuse me, and a lot of other things, he tweeted out randomly one day, if, uh, like, the best thing about this week is that Serenity went on Amazon Prime Video. Wow, what a movie, right? And then he, like, posted a couple more tweets about it, and I was like, okay, like, I, you know, I like this guy's style, his writing style, you know, and, and whatnot, so... I led some credence into his suggestion. So I told my wife, and I was like, hey, this Gary Wood, a guy he really recommends we just check in. We watched it. Man, it was pretty good. It was good. My expectations were super low. Go in with super low expectations because it is a divisive movie. Either you will like it or you will you will love it or you will hate it. And I'm closer to the love it. I gave it an A-. minus. I was shocked. I was shocked that it was as good as it was. It was a different kind of movie, and you have to be okay with seeing movie like seeing a movie that's kind of weird, right? Where it's not like your typical plot, it's not your typical plot resolution. It's kind of odd, but I think that's kind of what I liked about it because it was it was well done despite being so strange. So um, Serenity, there you go, A minus. I think I came in under five minutes. I don't really know. Don't really care. Um, pressing forward here. All right, we're going to do the fish tank topic of the week fairly briefly. And then we are going to talk about the fish of the week. And then we'll wrap it up. I ain't coming anywhere near 30 minutes because that's how I freaking roll, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, <clears throat> fish tank topic of the week is I'm just going to give you updates on my tanks. And then I'm going to talk to you about tank neglect as I'm giving you updates. My 29-gallon BioCube has seen much better days. Uh, a lot of my coral um, have shrunk. Some of them have died. Some of them don't look good. Some of them are bleached. I have algae in the tank. There's algae on the sand. There's algae on the rocks. And there's a lot of algae on the glass. And I'll be honest with you guys. This is kind of what will happen to you at some point in time if you have a fish tank. You're going to end up neglecting your tank. You're going to get busy. You're going to have a lot of stuff going on. And what was supposed to be one hour of maintenance a week becomes you don't have time to do it, right? One hour of maintenance a week. One hour doesn't seem that bad. Does it, like one hour seems decent, right? Other than feeding your fish every day, one hour on the weekend to clean your tank and do a water change doesn't seem like a big deal. It eventually become a big deal and you won't be able to do it. So you're going to get to the point where I'm at where you're dealing with fish tank neglect. Um, your tank's going to look bad. Um, it's not going to be a showpiece in your room or in your house anymore. And you have to figure out, you have to make one of two choices. One, that you're okay with it looking like garbage and it will continue to look like garbage. Or B, you're going to want to get back on the horse and you're going to want to start cleaning it again and bringing it back up to where it was. You do have a third option, which is just to take it down and maybe revisit it in a few years or at another point in time when you know you have more availability to keep up with it, right? So there are three options. I'm going with option number two, which is to clean it up, get it back to where it should be, and try to maintain a regular maintenance schedule again. Now, one of my issues in terms of keeping fish tanks is that I got the fish tank bug. Obviously, I started the Fish Tank Guy YouTube channel. And because of that, I wanted to keep creating content for my viewers. I wanted to come up with new content. 
It's not easy to do that, to be honest with you, week in, week out, come up with a new video to make. So my, what I felt that my solution to that problem was, was have another fish tank. You can do another series of videos if you have another fish tank. Well, the problem with having another fish tank is that you have another point of maintenance. You have another point of time you need to give, right? So basically what I'm trying to get at is don't overburden yourself with fish tanks. Don't get so involved that all of your fish tanks suffer as a result. That's kind of what has happened to me. And I've started to draw back a little bit. I drained my only remaining freshwater tank. It is, I think it was a 13 or 16 gallon bow front tank. It's on my channel. I really love the tank, but I decided to drain it. I'm not going to keep up with it anymore. Um, just to let you guys know, you'll probably be the first to know on the podcast that I am going to be taking down the five gallon Pico reef as well. Um, I made a poor decision with putting a certain coral into that tank that made the maintenance on that tank skyrocket. Now, keeping smaller nano reef tanks is already difficult already, but I chose to put a rather needy coral in that system, and I've been suffering ever since trying to keep up with that tank, and it has not gone well. The fish tank tower is a great idea, right? I really love the idea. I really love the look of it when it looks good, but I haven't been able to keep up with that either because it's three separate tanks. It's one system, but it's three tanks. And I went from a 29 gallon bio cube and a couple freshwater tanks with, which let's face it, you barely have to do anything with freshwater tanks. I went from one saltwater tank, right? One saltwater tank to five saltwater tanks, a 29, 320s, and a five. And, it, and for a period of time there, I had like the 10 running concurrently. So I had six tanks and now I have five, right? And I love having them. They're awesome. They look great. Um, people like checking them out when they come over to the house. But now the problem is, instead of me being able to keep up with my one tank and it looking pristine at all times, I have five tanks and I can't keep up with any of them. So just, just a word of warning. For those of you who are involved in the saltwater hobby, maybe you just got started. Maybe you're liking it, right? And you're excited about the hobby. And, uh, you know, you want to move forward in the hobby. You want to get more involved. Getting more tanks might not be the answer for you. I would just, I would just, this is just a word of caution. You know, make sure that if you get more tanks, you have the capabilities and the time to keep up with all of them. So the next part of this conversation is, okay, now I've got myself in too deep. What do I do? I don't have any research for you. There's no research, right? There's no research. There's no, like you can go on message boards or whatever, but it's based on your situation. Now for me, like I said, I think the first step of this is needing to scale down. So that's why my freshwater tank is, is offline. I wanted to have a freshwater tank still, so that's why I'm doing the, the tank on my desk at work. So I think that'll be sweet, right? Um, but it, that freshwater tank isn't much to maintain. It'll be at work. I'll be able to maintain it like at lunchtime or whatever. That'll be easier. 
easier for me, right? But I, I took down the freshwater tank at home. I think I'm going to take down the Pico Reef because that is one of my highest maintenance tanks. I'm starting with the, the tank that burns me the most, that brings me the least enjoyment, right? It's a very, very small tank, a lot of maintenance. That makes the most sense to cut back on, right? So the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to cut back. And then you're going to want to find out what, you know, find ways that you can make maintenance on your current tanks easier. Maybe you need to set aside an hour every week and you need to make sure everybody else in your house knows like, hey, for this hour every week, I'm offline. I'm offline. I got to do my own thing. I can't help you. I can't be involved in anything for this hour because I got some stuff to take care of, right? Maybe you need to do something like that. Maybe you need to look at better, you know, um, chemical filtration. You know, can you put some more purigen or, or carbon or something into your system that will help you with maintenance? Can you buy more filter socks so you can change them out more regularly so they are sucking up most of your dirty water rather than getting overfilled and then your dirty water returning back into your tank? Maybe that's something you could do. So when you overwhelm yourself and you get to the point where you have neglected your tanks almost beyond repair, the first step is to look at scaling back and the second step is you know, to look at your situation and figure out how you can do it, how you can work smarter, not harder. So that way you can still enjoy the hobby. You can still have a, a tank, two tanks, whatever you might you know, want to do, but you're not overwhelmed and burdened by having them. Rather, you can just enjoy them, right? And you can show them off to other people. And look, here's the other thing. The cool thing about the fish tank hobby is getting other people involved. That's one thing I really like about my YouTube channel is I've had people tell me like, hey, you inspired me to start a saltwater tank. I've always had freshwater. I always wanted to start a saltwater. I watched your channel and now I started a saltwater tank. Like, did I did I make that guy more money or that lady more money, right? Did I like, you know, give them something? No, but like they were, they were inspired to follow something they're interested in based on my channel which is really cool and you can do that with other people with your own fish tank at home somebody might come over your house and see your fish tank and be like wow that's really cool you know like you know is it really hard to keep take care of that you know could i do something like that in my home if you've got a nice looking tank you might get somebody who would walk into your house and say that if you got a really yucky dirty looking tank they're gonna be like yeah i don't want a fish tank because they look like that right so that's something else to consider um, and that's why I think that taking care of your fish tanks is important. And when you get to the point where you're neglecting them, you need to switch things up a little bit. And uh, like I said, work smarter, not harder. You know, minimize your footprint a little bit and make things easier for yourself. So there you go. There's my fish tank topic of the week. Sorry, it was very informal, but uh, I think it was something I need to talk about. Um, those are my updates on my tanks, by the way. The fish tank tower is, you know, it's doing fine. I haven't added anything to it because I don't feel good about where it's at. And that's why I need to reduce my footprint um, so I can take care of it a little bit better. So, okay, um, today's fish fish of the week is, I can't do drum roll, uh, the yellow tang. This is one of the most uh, well-recognized fish in the saltwater aquarium hobby. And it's a really awesome fish. You just need a little bit bigger of a tank to keep it. Um, that's why I don't have one yet. Yet. 
All right, so I'm on Live Aquaria there. I'm looking at the, the quick stats. Care level is easy, temperament semi-aggressive. Color, it's yellow, obviously, yellow tang. Reef compatible, yes. Uh, max size up to eight inches. This says minimum tank size 100 gallons. Um, I've seen minimum tank size for these of like 55 gallons. So you might be able to get away with having a smaller yellow tang in a 55 gallon tank. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about, wait, I don't have the right one here. I have this like captive, hold on a minute. I have this captive, oh, I have a captive bred yellow tang. Okay, here's the other one, yellow tang, okay. All right, Um, let me read you through the overview real quick and we'll wrap it up and get the frick out of here, all right? The yellow tang is for many uh, aquarists the definitive fish of home saltwater aquariums. See, I told you. With its oval-shaped, vibrant yellow body, the scientific name brightens any marine system. It's an active swimmer that will glide throughout your aquarium in near constant motion, acting as an aquarium tour guide of sorts to any onlooker who follows its meandering swim path. Uh, though iconic to the reefs of, of Hawaii, its natural habitat is actually widespread throughout the Pacific Ocean. As far as Indonesia and the Great Barrier Reef, it's also known as a yellow sailfin tang or yellow surgeon fish. For best care, it should be housed in an aquarium with at least 100 gallons of at least 100 gallons with ample room to swim. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It will eat meaty foods along with other fish in the aquarium. It is important the yellow tang is offered plenty of marine-based seaweed and algae. This will strengthen its immune system, reduce aggression, and improve overall health. Okay. The yellow tang is very common, extremely popular, and a hearty addition to any fish-only or reef aquarium system. So there you have the overview. Let's take a look at some of the customer testimonials there. Oh, we got a whole bunch of them. We got 15 of them. We're just going to do a few. Um, Jonathan Z from Atlanta. This is one of the healthiest looking and brightest yellow tangs I've owned. One of the few tangs that came with his original wildlife diet rather than being conditioned to eat flakes he gets along well with the other tank mates and even my cleaner wrasses um bobby b from lake worth florida this is truly a beautiful fish i bought it for its beautiful yellow color and it truly brightens my tank this fish is healthy and about five inches long i feed it green algae plant cubes or romaine lettuce rubber banded to a rock all right thanks thanks bobby um who else we got? We got Austin G from Jersey. I have a yellow tank. <laughs> uh, okay, so this guy wrote. Uh... <laughs> oh, Judas. Well, this guy, like in fifth grade, uh, this guy is writing a review on the yellow tang page, and his first sentence is, I have a yellow tang, period. <laughs> Okay, I have a yellow tang. Oh, good to know. My yellow tang is relatively peaceful, period. He gets along with all my fish, period. But I have seen him chase and nip at my yellow long-noose butterfly fish, period. I think this is a great fish for beginners, period. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Um. All right, we're going to go with Reese A. from California. He's going to have a he's going to have a distinguished voice. 
He wrote quite a lot, so I'm going to read what he has to say. This is a beautiful fish. He grazes on all of my vegetation in the tank and doesn't harm a single thing. It has a great relationship with my cleaner shrimp. He goes up to it, and the shrimp cleans it off. The only downside is I have three emerald crabs, and they have been eating all of the vegetation, so there is nothing left for my tang, gosh dang it. Put these guys on algae strips because they are herbivores, but if you don't have crabs... I hope not, and have a lot of plants, there is no worry. My tang also enjoys sinking pellets. This is a great addition to a community tank. If they are paired up with other big fish, they will do great, but don't pair them up with other yellow tanks. Thank you, Reese, from San Francisco, California. There you have it. Fish of the week, yellow tang. Check it out. You got a 55-gallon or larger tank. They make an awesome addition. They're super dope. They have a great personality, and they're super colorful, so they'd be cool to add to your tank. So, hey, uh, this has been the Fish Tank Guy podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you listened this whole time, very good of you. And uh, follow me on uh, social media there, on Instagram or Twitter, Real Fish Tank Guy is my handle or screen name or whatever you need to call it nowadays. And I'm going to try to do a podcast within the next month, man. I'm not going to do podcast every other week, man, because I'm never going to be able to do it every other week. So let's just face it. I'm going to go with one podcast a month. You guys can check it out if you want. I appreciate your support. Hit me up. Let me know what you're doing, how you been. You got any questions? I'll answer them for you on the podcast. And until a future, nope, I'm not doing that tagline. That's my YouTube tagline. I'm just telling you guys that uh, I hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great week. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Get ready for fall. And I will see you on the next uh, Fish Tank Guy podcast. All right, everybody, have a good day. See you.